Do you relate to being a non-reader? I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. So we're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker, and today I'm here with Allie, who you're going to hear a little more about in a few seconds. And we're excited that we get to share techniques, thoughts, tips, tools, and tactics that we all need. We all deserve you, I, everyone, so we can turn our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. So we're going to consider today how a book can take you on a journey and teach you things that you weren't expecting to learn. So, Allie, I kind of alluded to the fact that I have a special guest with me today. And Allie is a co-op student that's been with us for six weeks Mm -hmm. and really learning a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And as she was sitting with me in the office near the beginning, I thought, what's the one thing that may have the biggest impact, not only on her today, but on her down the road future as she lives her life. Because mm-hmm. when you're a teenager and in school, you're probably not thinking about money. You're probably thinking mm-hmm. it doesn't relate to me, has nothing to do with me. I don't have no money. I don't have no expenses. Or if I have money, I don't have much money. I don't have any expenses. I don't have any debts yet. I haven't made any mistakes. So why on earth would I want you to read the book, Allie? Because um, that's what I came up with, yes, right? yes. Uh, I think it's really important to learn about money, even if I'm not in the position to need it or to have to manage it properly, because there's nothing wrong with learning something too soon. And um, yeah, I think it's just really important to take as much as you can from everything. And yeah, I I think it's really important. I, I found it really important. I never really paid attention to money before. It was not something that I managed very well. I kind of just spent and spent. And um, reading the book, I was able to learn some things. There's a lot I didn't understand, but I think it's important to learn things um, when you don't understand it, so you know later on. Okay. And when I first asked you to read the book, what was your first thought? I didn't Real thought. I didn't want to read it. I I don't like reading. It's not my favorite thing. Um, it's just the length, and it's having to sit there and not have anything else to do that is um, my, my biggest issue. So I... I'm not a fan of reading, and that was my first thought. It just it wasn't for me. Right. Yeah. And you did it because? Um, I did it because I wanted to give it a chance, and I really thought that it would be something that was beneficial for me. Um, I Yeah, I decided to just give it a chance. Okay. And I know Andy it. Andrews is one of my favorite authors of all time. I met him 20 years ago. He blew my mind then and he still blows my mind today. (laughs) And one of the things he says is even people that say they don't like reading, typically it's not so much that they don't like reading as they don't like reading boring, icky, Mm -hmm. non-interesting stuff. Yeah. Right? Because I think all of us have read an article or read a post or read something that inspired us and took us away Mm -hmm. that we loved. So it's Mm -hmm. that we don't like reading icky stuff that, or things that don't interest us. Mm-hmm, exactly. I don't want to read lo- I don't want to read technical manu- manuals mm-hmm. about how to do anything technology wise. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to read it because I don't find it interesting. So as you read the book, 
because you've read the whole thing now. I did, yes. And now you're well on your way in the second round, Mm -hmm. reading it again, Yes. right? So as you read it the first time, what happened for you? We talked about going on a journey. What Mm -hmm. happened? Um, It was a lot of stuff that I had to... um, There was just a lot of learning that I had to do. At first, I didn't like it. It was very hard to get through. And... Eventually, once I got through a little bit of the book, I was able to relate to the characters in the book and I was able to compare it to my real life. And that's all I needed to be able to finish the book. And I was able to finish it faster than it was before I started it. When I started it, it was taking a really long time to get through it. But once I was able to relate to the characters, it was it was an enjoyable book. I was able so to enjoy connecting it. to the characters yeah. is what I just heard you say, mm-hmm. which is amazing yeah. because the characters gave you some evidence or some connection to mm-hmm. your real life. Yes. Around mm-hmm. what page do you remember when that transformation happened from I am not reading this thing yet? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I think I would say around page 60. It was it was very slow to get into it and then once the characters started dealing with their issues, I was able to compare it to my relationship and around the time that I was reading the book, I was struggling with my relationship and it was really helpful to basically have some mentors there to follow along and see their their journey. And it was really helpful for me. So can you think of a specific example where the mentors took you on a journey, maybe one of the early ones, maybe not mm-hmm. one of the early ones, but one of the ones that you went, okay, now I buy these people. Mm-hmm. Now I can relate to them. Um, it was right at the beginning when they were arguing about money. And uh, the main character, Sarah, and her husband were having a disagreement about money. And I really related to Sarah in that. Uh, or no, sorry, um, David, because David was the one who was spending. I have my issues with spending. And my boyfriend, my partner, um, he was in the same position as Sarah. And he was basically coaching me through my money. And it was helpful. And it, just, it was very similar to something that I was dealing with. He was helping me and telling me that my spending was um, – not as great as it could be. And um, yeah, I just, I felt like I connected to them a little bit. And so you could see yourself in them and because you could see yourself in them, (laughs) you could read the book and actually, I think I even got a sense that you enjoyed it. I did. Yes. It was shocking. Pretty shocking. (laughs) I, um, I don't know. It was just, it was new to me. It was something that I've never experienced before. And I liked it. Okay. So as you're thinking about reading down the road, will you read other books? I think so. I think I'd be able to read it, but I think it would depend on what I'm reading. If it was something similar to the wealth formula, perhaps. But I think the reason why I didn't like reading originally was because I've never read a good book. I just never had something that I sat down and enjoyed. So coming into it, it was not something I thought I would enjoy, but I would definitely read something similar to the wealth formula if I was given the opportunity for sure. Okay. So that's kind of neat. So I wonder what question you're asking yourself right now. Maybe you have been resistant to read. I know we have several clients that have said to us, I don't read, I don't read books. I don't like books. And yet when they finally sat down to read this book, either because we asked them enough times or they said they wanted to make good with their money. And we said, you know what, before we even have a conversation, the very best thing for you to do is read this very simple, it's written at a grade five level, a teenager mm-hmm. could understand it wholly, right, yeah, Allie? for sure. I mean, maybe some of the money concepts were beyond what you could take in right now, but they don't yeah. apply right now anyway. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Right? And so as our clients have read this, 
three or four hours is all it takes once you get into it mm-hmm. because it's an e- it's like reads like a novel. Yeah. Would you say it reads yes, definitely. like a novel? A decent novel, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And yet you're learning money principles along the way. And once mm-hmm. they've done that, they now have a new perspective about how to make good with their money. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helps them. So if you want to have a conversation about this book or get access to them, we have signed copies at the office. <laughs> Just send us an email together at together at decorateam.com and we will make sure we get them in your hands. Or you can go on Amazon. The Kindle version's there. The paperback version is there. It's all over the place. And Allie, what's the thought as you were relating to the characters that moved you the most? Um, I think it's just that the things that I was dealing with were not stuff that only I was dealing with. Money issues can happen with anybody. You can be 50 or 18 years old. And I think it was really nice that I was able to read the book and it was disguised as a money book. So I was able to learn stuff about wealth, but I was able to also connect to the characters as well. And it made it really easy to read and I really enjoyed it. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to, well, you're reading it a second time right now. Yes. So if Allie's read it twice, my question for you is, are you going to e- read it once, even if it doesn't seem that it applies to you? Because you might be surprised disguised in here, maybe things that you can relate to too, and that will really make a difference for you. So we're grateful to be your partners on the journey of building wealth, wisdom, and worth. Can you find the lesson? I sure can. So we've created for you free access to over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes that we share insights on making house home, building wealth, making the most out of your life. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. And what we're going to explore this time is even when you're saying, this doesn't apply. The wealth formula may not seem like it applies to you right now. There are lessons to be pulled from it. Mm-hmm. So as you know, we have Allie with us, who is a high school student who really was very reluctant to read the wealth formula. I was. Yeah. Yes. She didn't yell or say anything nasty to me, but mm-hmm. you could feel an energy <laughs> that wasn't what I was looking for because mm-hmm. I knew how good it would be for you. Yeah. But I didn't want to tell her because as soon as you do that, you kind of lose your yeah. ability to discover it for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Nobody likes to be told. No, not at so all. So I just said, part of your co-op, mm-hmm. Allie, is yeah. you got to read the wealth formula. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I said I got it. Part of your life work, part mm-hmm. of your work when you're working with us yeah. is you're going to read the wealth formula. You're going to create slides and you're going to create resources that we mm-hmm. can give to our clients. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it was part of her co-op project. Mm-hmm. But you know, there was an ulterior motive. Yes. Now. Was. So what three, well, I know there's three Mm because we've chatted a lot about this, but let's just say what's one core lesson that you drew from the book that you weren't really believing you were going to find? Relational for sure. I was able to pull a lot of things from the book that I didn't think would be about or in the book at all because it was disguised as a, a wealth book. And to me at the beginning, it didn't apply. I wasn't looking to manage my money as well. And I had no interest in it. It was really something that was not um, any, and, and I was, had no interest in it. And um, yeah, so reading the book, I was able to relate and find a lot of comparisons to my life with my parents and my boyfriend. And it was it was just really cool to see other people deal with the same things I was dealing with. And I was able to um, 
learn something from other people's experiences. It was really great. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we could just learn from other people's experiences and we Mm -hmm. don't have to learn it all ourselves? Yes, it would be. Yeah. (laughs) So what's one relational, because you refer to it like as a blanket relational, Mm -hmm. what's one experience that you've had in your own relationship, whether Mm -hmm. with your parents or your boyfriend, Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have thought to do that way, but you did because you watched Sarah and David do it? Um, Just being more patient with your partner, being able to communicate like efficiently and without making the other person feel bad, being able to take um, responsibility for each other and being able to have a conversation with someone without putting a lot of blame or guilt or making them feel bad about um, an issue that they may be having. So being able to work through issues with your partner, um, my partner was, it was really helpful because it was it opened up my mind to other ways to communicate without getting mad at them because it kind of just shuts them down. People shut down and they don't want to hear. Um, and yeah, it was just really nice. Um, so you've stopped. So you've begun to be more patient with more your patient. partner yeah. and with your parents too? Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm able to take a deep breath and focus on what's actually happening rather than the anger and the the feelings that I have inside. I can... I can pause almost. I could take a pause and I can think of how the situation is really going to go rather than making it all about my emotions and my anger, making it less about me and more about the people that I'm working with. And your relationships, like the actual value of those Mm -hmm. people, what they bring to your life. Yes, exactly. Wow. And you got that from listening to David and Sarah Mm -hmm. work through their challenges. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. Congratulations. Yeah. Like that great. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we is there anything else about relationship you want to say? Um I just I just think that it I don't think so. I think okay. I know there's something there, but I, I um That's okay. Because no. you know what the great news is? Mm-hmm. I'm Every, still learning. You're still yeah. learning. And everybody that's listening, if you want to connect with Allie, you want to connect with us, if you want to learn more about this journey, know that this isn't the last time you're going to hear from Allie. Just send us an email, subject line together, at together at decorteam.com and ask us your question. Ask us what you'd like to know and let's stay connected as we move forward together mm-hmm. because that's really the point, right? Yeah. You did say something though I'm going to bring you back to I think okay. you said a hundred percent responsible mm-hmm. I think I don't know if it was now or when we were chatting yep. and that is you're now taking a hundred percent responsibility for how you react mm-hmm. how you respond and you're pausing so that you don't jump all over somebody because mm-hmm. they already beat themselves up anyway exactly if they've done something that's not mm-hmm. helpful so how is that hundred percent responsibility showed up in your life um it's just been with things at work. At work, taking responsibility for making a mess, is, it's made me feel really good inside. It's like, why? what's the point in not admitting to something that you did? Because you're going you're gonna to find out that afterwards you're either you're going to feel guilty about it or you're going to get caught in it. And it's just I've learned that taking responsibility and accountability for my, my actions, is, it's made me feel good and it's also made other people feel good. It, it creates a better um, environment and I – I love it. It's awesome. It's so good. Like who knew? And Mm -hmm. I did not know when I put Allie on this project quite what she would get out of it. So Mm -hmm. I'm beyond thrilled. Mm -hmm. And so if we think about the second core thing that you learned, it was around 
money. You actually it learned was. some things about money. What yes. did you learn? Uh, well, in the book, they talked about a safety cushion very a lot, actually. And I didn't really know what that meant at first until they went a little more into detail. And I realized it was something I kind of, I was already doing. It's something that I, I wasn't aware I was doing. I was doing it because it felt comfortable. And it, what it was, was having a certain amount of money in my bank account and not going below that, or it would, it would just cause, it would make me nervous, it'd make me uncomfortable. So I've recently, I've kept $1,000 and I have not gone below that. And if I have, it's been uh, right before payday or right before I know that I'm about to put it back up, but it's not something that I would like to do. And um, yeah, it's just, it makes me really comfortable. And I know that I have money if I need to um, like pay for glasses or if I would like a new pair of shoes. But it's it makes me feel good knowing that if I did need the money, I had it and I didn't have to go and get it from somebody else or s- scramble together and um, find it, right? I have it and I'm secure and I know that I have it. You came up with something you shared with me, rule of thirds. Yes. Tell me about that. If I can't buy what I would like to buy, whether it's a sandwich or a coffee, three or four times, mostly three, um, I don't think it's a, a valid purchase. I just don't believe that it's something that should be bought because if it's not worth it once, why would, or if it's not worth it three times, it's not worth it once. So. Okay. So your thousand dollars is your minimum that sits in your bank account now. Yeah. And then when you're over the thousand, mm-hmm. anything that you want to buy, if you don't have excess in mm-hmm. your account, three multiple of three, mm-hmm. you're not doing it. No, it's, it just feels uncomfortable. And I would much rather save my money for something a little bit better. So isn't that cool? Like already at 18, Ali's thinking about how do I take these principles and mm-hmm. apply them in my life? Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more in the other segment because mm-hmm. time goes quick yes. about the whole growth journey. Mm-hmm. Because I know growth has been part of what has happened for you through yes, this. Absolutely. And you didn't see it coming. No, not at all. No, it was, wow. it was disguised as hidden. It was hidden in there. Isn't that tricky? It is. It's awesome. So an investment in knowledge pays the best interest is what Benjamin Franklin says. And so we're thankful that we get to grow alongside you because we're passionate about, passionate about all of us being positioned for generational legacy. Learning from others' mistakes is a winning formula. We're honored that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying, and investing in real estate over 3,117 times, but really coming alongside you to build your faith, build your finances, build your fun, build your fitness, and even strengthen and heal inside your relationships. And so this time we're going to discover it's a whole lot easier to start with good habits. Yes, and not have to start with bad habits. Eh, mm-hmm. Allie? Yes, for sure. And so we've been interviewing Allie, mm-hmm. hearing about her journey of reading the wealth formula yeah. with resistance at the beginning. Yes. And even with resistance, she got a lot out of it. I did. Right? Yes. And so you don't have to have a whole lot of money mm-hmm. to learn. No, not at all. So what did you learn from around money principles and around life in general that you're going to take with you into the future? Oh, um, I think it's just being careful and less about spontaneous and impulsive spending. And that's an issue that I've had a lot is just, I see something I want, so I buy it. And I think it's definitely about control and being able to resist those urges, even if you uh, um, have them. And that's something that I learned and I got from the book a lot is 
with uh, the characters in the book, they had a lot of those. David wanted to buy TVs and cars, and I really related to him because it was. You like, liked him, didn't I you? I did. You yes, really liked I definitely David. did. I love that. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I would, I would definitely learn to just slow down a little bit. If I see something I like, think about how how it's going to benefit me in 10 years or 20 years. If that pair of shoes that I bought is not going to be worth it in 10, 20 years, I don't really think it's worth it. And that's that's something that I've only recently started to think of. I never used to think like that. And it was kind of just, if I want something, I want it and I would get it. And Right. Yeah. And we have a story about shoes, don't we? Yes, we that do. That wasn't all that long ago, shortly yeah. before you read the book, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you decided there was a pair of shoes, mm-hmm. Impulsive Alley. Yes. Decided there was, which you're not impulsive anymore. Not anymore. In the anymore. past, you were an impulsive yes. girl. And now you know more what you want down the road. Mm-hmm. So you're making different decisions. I am. Yeah. My priorities have definitely changed. I don't believe that a pair of shoes that cost $600 would be worth it because I think of it like that. A pair of glasses that help my vision would be 500 So just below that. And I definitely realized that there's there's value in certain things and the shoes were not. Not at the time, yes, they were, and they were nice shoes, but they're know. beautiful. Yeah, I have them here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I think you were saying to me that if you'd bought a hundred dollar pair of shoes, yeah, it would have it would have been the same. There would be no difference. It would just be a brand logo. And I think that's something a lot of people don't understand is that brands are very they're pushed, right? They're pushed a lot, and especially towards teenagers. These Nike shoes that I really wanted were something that everybody had, and I I wanted to have a pair of shoes that everybody had, and they were really cool, and I got compliments all the time. So it's like it feels good, but it's not worth it. The hundred dollar shoes would probably be more comfortable, to be quite honest, because they're not built they're not built for comfort. They're built for style, and they hurt my feet at the end of the day. So hundred dollar <laughs> shoes would probably be even better. And it's an interesting thing that you just said, Allie. Everybody else has them. Yeah. And I bet everybody else doesn't have them, mm-hmm. but it's the illusion that our brain yeah. takes on, right? That's mm-hmm. a little bit of what David and Sarah show a little bit too, is mm-hmm. we think it's normal to have debt, yeah. but mm-hmm. is it really? It's no, not at all. And people people prepare for it almost. They go into life thinking that they're going to be stuck in debt forever with student loans and school and even just purchases like a car or a TV, don't pay a cent, but you're, you are paying a cent. It's just, it's spread out for longer. It's spread out for a longer period of time. And like the way that I see it is you can't be spending money if you're in debt because you're just finding yourself further into debt. And I don't think many people, I know there are some people that think like that, but I don't think many people do because they don't realize it. If they have a $10,000 car they're still paying off, those $3 coffees are still adding to it. And you can't really, you're basically in the negatives when trying to, when you're trying to um, pay that off. You and, are in the negative. Yeah. Not basically. You are. Allie, you're right. Yeah. Call it like it is. Mm-hmm. People will take it out of Allie's mouth better they're going to take it out of mine. <laughs> so I am so thrilled that she's sharing this with you because- her sensitivity, her um, genuineness is really sending the message that we are mm-hmm. yeah. stealing from our future exactly for something that won't be there when we get into the future. Mm-hmm. That's what you were sharing yeah, with me, exactly. right? Like that mm-hmm. coffee's not going to be there. No, it's not. You're going to drink it. It's not even going to be there in 20 minutes. It's going to be gone. And you're still going to be in debt. Now you're going to be $10,003 in debt, right? Like that's the way that I see it. And I think that it's it's really helpful to learn stuff like that. I wouldn't have thought of anything like that if it wasn't for the book. I was able to take a lot from it. And I think reading it again is going to is gonna benefit me a lot. 
I love it. Mm-hmm. Like reading it again. Like yes. those, that's music to my ears. And I know you're yeah. partway through it already. Yeah. You've been working on it the last three or four days. Yeah. And that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And one thing you've talked about is the habits mm-hmm. that you're making today. Yes. Will take you how long? How how many years will those habits benefit you? Oh, forever. As long as I'm alive. Being able to um, create a cushion for emergencies is something that I, I think I'll be able to carry along until I'm dead. Um, and even if I don't use the money in my cushion, it'll just go to somebody else. But I think as I go, as I get older, that 1000 will turn into 3000 and 5000 And then if my car breaks, I'll be able to fix it. And I won't have to stress about money. And I think it's, it's really exciting to know this stuff already and um, know that I have, I'm prepared and I'm not about to be in debt and I'm not I'm not preparing for it. I'm not okay with it. So I'm not going to let myself get into a situation like that. Wow. Yeah. So I love what Allie's saying here is she, she alluded to that it, right now she set her cushion at a thousand mm-hmm. when she has expenses. Cause right now she lives at home. She goes to high school. She has a part-time mm-hmm. job. She's a hard worker. So really a cushion would be maybe savings for spending at this point. But Mm -hmm. if she always keeps that thousand minimum there and then as she gets older, she goes, oh, well, now I need it to be 3,000 because I have some expenses or I need it to be 5,000. Because she's developed the habit today, that Mm -hmm. habit will simply be increased in the amount of money that the habit is, but it won't change the habit. Mm -hmm. Um, I've often heard it said that people change when they have money. Yeah. I say not true. Mm-hmm. I say the evidence of what's going on for them. Yeah. It, it gets amplified. Mm-hmm. But if exactly. you already have the habit today mm-hmm. of a thousand, it'll just get amplified when you're earning more money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled yeah, it's that exciting. that's the setup that you have, right? Mm-hmm. So even if it doesn't apply to you today, mm-hmm. maybe I'm suggesting, and so is Allie, mm-hmm. maybe it does apply to you today. Yeah. Right. I yeah, for sure. And I think even if it like doesn't necessarily apply to the money I have right now, it's a skill that I'm learning, and I'll be able to apply when I'm older. Right. It's and it's not necessarily you don't learn things for them to be used right away. I anyway for me, I'm not learning how to ride a bike to know how to ride a bike that day or something. It's so I learn that skill and I'm able to um, know how to ride a bike in the future. And I'm no, I know I could say that I know how to ride a bike and And it takes you into the future. Exactly. And I know how to manage my money. I may not need to manage it entirely right now, but I have that skill that's beginning to develop. And I think it's, it's great and it's exciting and I love it. What do you want every teenager to know that says, I don't read either. I don't like bad writing. I think give it a chance and be open to, um, be open to things, be able to, um, take a chance. I, I don't like reading, but I was able to read this book and I think I really learned something and I was able to, uh, okay. Be sponsor. like Allie. Yeah. Bottom line here is we're going to say be like Allie. Mm-hmm. So we are honored to be your advocates where we wisely get to build wealth through real estate and life exponential together. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward.